Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H1B Guy Live, December 7th, 2022. Today, I'm going to discuss President Biden supports the Eagle Act. Eagle Act opposition continues to mobilize, as well as documented dreamers being left out of the NDAA and taking your questions and comments. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. You can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. Today's live stream is brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain, by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process, and by Mob Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, Mob Squad, has a solution. Join the squad. Well, during the H-1B Guy Live uh, back on November the 23rd, um, I gave a quick Eagle Act update. And then on the H-1B Guy News for the week ending December 2nd, 2022, um, I talked about the possibility of the Eagle Act um, coming to the House floor uh, this week. And so news started to break earlier in the week, and then it was confirmed um, by the majority leader of the House, uh, Representative Hoyer, uh, that today's legislative session um, starts currently for legislative business with first votes uh, predicted to begin around uh, between three and four and last votes up to about 7.15 tonight. Um, the first one on the docket is H.R. 7776, and then following that is H.R. 3648. Um, so yesterday, uh, from the executive office of the president, uh, there was a statement of administration policy that was issued in reference to HR 3648, um, where the administration, you know, spoke out in favor of the Eagle Act. And I think one of the things that, um, you know, gets looked over in the Eagle Act, you know, is the improvements focused around the H-1B specialty occupation of strengthening the recruitment requirements, as they alluded to, uh, additional protections for U.S. workers, um, as well as, you know, giving the Department of Labor more, more really leniency um, or authority to investigate H-1B uh, violations. Um, but I think the biggest thing, if we look at, you know, what the purpose of this statement of administration policy from the president was to say, um, really comes down to the fact that, you know, this alleviates the effects of the visa backlogs that have left hundreds of thousands of immigrants waiting for years to receive permanent residency simply because of their country of origin. Uh, so for generations, 
Immigrants have contributed to key sectors of the U.S. economy and fortified our most valuable competitive advantage, our spirit of innovation and entrepreneurship. Immigrants keep our economy growing, our communities thriving, and our country moving forward. In addition to passing H.R. 3648, the administration urges Congress to pass the U.S. Citizenship Act, which would further reform and improve the immigrant visa system by increasing lawful pathways to the United States, provide a pathway to citizenship uh, for millions of undocumented immigrants, and establish a new system to responsibly manage and secure our border. So there it is. They spoke out in favor of the Eagle Act as a reminder of uh, this USCA, the U.S. Citizenship Act of 21, that was a day one piece of legislation, if we remember, Senator Menendez. Um, so really interesting to see the president speak out on behalf of, you know, H.R. 3648, the Eagle Act, uh, of course, you know, bipartisan piece of legislation, 80, 83 co-sponsors. Um, and it's going to get its day on the floor here, uh, most likely uh, sometime in the next uh, hour or so. Um, so we'll continue to uh, to monitor how that that transpires. But the fact is that the president and the administration is speaking out um, on behalf of the Eagle Act and it providing relief, right? Um, eliminating these these per country limitations, right? Over a nine year transition period, um, it also sets aside visas for nurses and uh, physical therapists. Um, so again, you know, I, the president speaking out on this is interesting, especially as of yesterday, um, when we're kind of in this lame duck period. And so what you have happening is, is this division kind of amongst the party um, where you have uh, a representative from New York, Representative Clark, uh, who issued a letter um, to the the Black Caucus and basically came out and stated that she was opposing the Eagle Act. And she put a tweet out yesterday that, that said, I believe we can do better, and I believe you must do better. The Eagle Act is simply not the reform we've long hoped for, nor is it the change in immigration systems we've long needed. And that is precisely why I've opposed it today. And the interesting thing is if you dive into the letter, there's some repetitive language that, that we've seen before. Um, her letter states, quote, if we are to eliminate per country caps without corresponding increases in the total number of visas, the outcome is certain to result in a dearth of immigration opportunities for hopeful migrants outside these nations, with particular concern for those from African and Caribbean nations. Sounds familiar to me. Um, the key is eliminate per country caps without corresponding increase in the total number of visas. Um, we've heard this many times over that we have to increase the number of green cards if you're going to change um, the country cap to 7% on, on country cap. And so I, I found this opposition, quite honestly, uh, to be really interesting, um, the way it was released out into the public. Um, tells me, and, and this is a, a representative that, that really holds a lot of influence 
Um, and so that tells me that there's there's division and and kind of some of the progressive ranks as it relates to immigration. Uh, the backlash on Twitter from from this announcement was pretty incredible. Um, I saw a good bit of it yesterday, and um, I, I think rightfully so. It's it's interesting here, but if we go back and look, uh, Representative Clark voted against the Fairness for High Skilled Immigrants Act, right? Um, so this is a pattern of behavior. You've seen her kind of pandering to her constituents, right? Brooklyn representative. Um, but it also sounds familiar uh, if we go back and, and look at this increasing the number of visas, uh, we, we've heard that from the esteemed senator from Illinois many times over. But this is very similar to what happened with Senator Scott as well. And, and kind of the, the, the language, uh, that Rosetta Stone amendment that, that we've talked about. Um, so it's really interesting to see how ultimately what's really happening, and, and this is the one thing I, I will give um, Representative Clark credit on, and, and that is to say this, comprehensive immigration reform has been elusive for Congress despite many bipartisan efforts in the last two decades. That is where you probably should have stopped. <laughs> uh, but... Can we do better? I, I'm hopeful that we can. Is is the Eagle Act a f first in, first out? I, I think when we look at a 10-year transition period, to me, it, it ultimately something has to give here. Um, there is a lot of opposition against this language. Uh simply because it, it it takes from one and gives to the other, right? And really what we're looking for is uh, equality for all. And when we go back to it, the equality for all is, is that 7% cap on country of origin. We don't decide where we're born. And I think ultimately that is... Um, that's the root cause. We've, we've talked about this many times over that the root cause is what needs to be addressed. Uh, but there still needs to be a pathway to clear the, the green card backlog. And that's why I've been a proponent of the Eagle Act. I've, I felt like it, it fairly does that. Uh, and, and you may disagree with, with me on that. And in my opinion, uh, there is very clearly a lot of division here amongst those that are in support of the Eagle Act and those that are against it. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, last time it passed with well over 300 plus favorable votes. It, it will be interesting to see if with 83 co-sponsors, that number gets close. You could argue that we're in a lame duck still and what's going to happen. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, today could be a um, could be a win for the immigrant community as a whole, could be a win for. Uh, a pathway to clearing the green card backlog and, and ultimately uh, providing equality uh, for those employment-based high-skilled immigrants. Um, so just to do a quick recap, uh, you know, president issued a note, uh, an executive statement, if you will, statement of administration policy yesterday, speaking out in favor of H.R. 3648. 
shortly after that, uh, Representative Clark issued a, a letter to the Black Caucus voting block um, speaking out against the Eagle Act. Uh, so you've got really a lot of political jockeying that's that, that's happened in the last 24 hours, uh, if you will, um, surrounding the the Eagle Act. And, you know, ultimately, um, the biggest thing is about trying to ensure that we keep families together, um, protections for age out dependents and, and dependent status. Uh, there is some provisions. It, it isn't a, 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 a full sum for age outs because it only protects certain employment-based uh, immigrants. It's it's not an all-documented dreamers protection. Um, but hopefully by later today, we'll have a better idea of, of uh, if there is a vote called where, where the Eagle Act stands. Um, if you haven't already, please make sure to like this video, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, um, and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we go live, like we have here today on December 7th, 2022, a little after 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, if you are looking for ways you can support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function, or if you're watching or listening to this at a later date through the Super Thanks feature. Um, but ultimately, you can support me most by being subscribed to this channel um, and leaving a comment on the H1B Guy podcast and, and giving us a rating there. Um, I also wanted to mention briefly, for those of you who've kept up with this platform for any period of time, you know um, that I live in Metro Atlanta, um, in the state of Georgia. We had a Senate runoff election here yesterday uh, from the incumbent. Uh, Senator Senator Raphael Warnock running against uh, Republican challenger Herschel Walker. Um, and ultimately, uh, Senator Warnock, the incumbent, uh, came out victorious yesterday, uh, giving the Democrats a 51-49%, um, 51 to 49 votes, uh, control of the, the Senate. Um, there are now two Democratic senators from the state of Georgia, Senator Ossoff, as well as uh, Senator Warnock. Um, so, Hopeful here with Senator Warnock that, um, you know, now he's going to work for the people. Uh, you know, hopefully he isn't going to be just a, a yes man for President Biden, as, as we've seen him portrayed over the last couple of years. Uh, but I think he's definitely someone who is an ambitious politician and uh, will be interesting to see what, if anything, he's able to accomplish uh, in the, uh, the, the next six years. Um, I did want to mention, if you have questions or comments, uh, please feel free to leave those in the chat. I definitely want to um, to get to those here. I uh, have roughly about uh, uh, 25, 30 more minutes uh, that I am available today to, to go through this live stream. Um, so if you have questions, please feel free to post those in the chat. Questions about the Eagle Act, the opposition of the Eagle Act, um, and uh, you know potentially what I think about uh, how the voting may or, or, or may not go today. We'll, we'll definitely get to those. Um, I also wanted to mention briefly uh, in a tweet that uh, Improve the Dream put out yesterday as well, a lot of, a lot of things falling at once yesterday, um, but Improve the Dream put out a tweet yesterday on December 6th, uh, 2022 that said, quote, despite broad bipartisan support for inclusion in the NDAA, age out protections for children of long-term visa holders were not included. 
this is a common sense policy that most Americans assume is already reality. Congress should pass this in any upcoming bill. Um, I've long thought that the age out protections um, was one of the one of the highest probabilities of standalone immigration reform that that could become law in 2022. I don't fault Improve the Dream and their advocacy groups and Representative Ross for having the amendment included um, as one of the hundreds of amendments in the NDAA. It was a shot they had to take, and unfortunately, it looks like it fell a little short. Uh, I still believe that this sort of amendment, outside of the language that's included in the Eagle Act, but protections for, again, protections for long-term visa holders, that's the key, uh, dependence of long-term uh, visa holders. Uh, that's the difference in, in what we see in Eagle Act, which is just employment-based, right? So this long-term visa holder includes um, your E's, your investor visa uh, individuals whose uh, dependents do age out. Um, so kind of heartbreaking news there for Improve the Dream, but you know they have a great team behind them. Um, they have become really a powerhouse in advocacy for uh, documented dreamers. And I am still hopeful that this bipartisan legislation that's been read by uh, Representative Ross uh, is going to find its way into law at some point. And, and kind of as Improve the Dream alluded to, Congress should pass this in any upcoming bill. So if it's an amendment included in an upcoming bill, um, they're, they're looking for that support. Um, but this just shows you how difficult immigration reform advocacy can be. You're in, you're out, you're included, you're not, you're rejected, you're voted in. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts here. And, and when we look at immigration as kind of a list um, of importance, right, to, to the greater good, right, the, the, the country as a whole, you continue to hear the the illegal immigration lumped in with employment-based immigration. And, and that's just, unfortunately, some naivety in, in the average American. And through that is, is what Improve the Dream is referring to here. When we talk about uh, uh, the, 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 the documented dreamers that age out at age 21, um, I haven't had Improve the Dream on this channel at all in 2022, unfortunately. Uh, they've been busier with uh, uh, bigger and uh, and 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 better uh, advocacies for for them, um, but still happy to help in any way I can. And uh, you know, I had them on over uh, the entire 2021 uh, calendar year talking about their advocacy, and uh, hopefully, I can get deep back on it at some point in 2023, and and we can get an update. They're, this isn't dead yet for 2022, but this is absolutely a huge blow uh, to them and their cause, unfortunately, um, and, and really hated to see that that tweet put out yesterday. Uh, but we'll continue to support that cause. As I've talked about, you know, the average American is completely unaware that this is an issue for kids who have lived in this country most of their life and honestly identify as Americans. And I think that's the thing that... Um, for me, is is I've talked to and interviewed um, dozens of documented dreamers over the last couple of years. This is the the thing that resonates is that you know they are Americans. Their friends think they're Americans, but the only thing that tells them that they're not an American is their status. 
Um, so we'll continue to uh, to cover the documented dreamer scenario. As I've said, it. why do I cover it? It directly relates to uh, um, the talent pool. It just does. If we want to ignore that and say that's not the case, then it, unfortunately I will disagree with you. Uh, but having uh, kids who are educated here in the U.S., uh, you have to go through F1 and into H1 status in order to maintain it or potentially look at, at self-deporting. Um, and these are U.S. educated individuals is, is one of the reasons why we have the, the talent supply um, def deficiency that, that we currently do. So I uh, wanted to ask you again, if you haven't already, please like this video. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and, and click the bell for notifications uh, so that you're notified anytime uh, we post new content here to this channel or go live like we have here today um, on December the 7th, 2022 at a little after uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. So I got a tweet uh, earlier today. Uh, literally about a half an hour ago and i wanted to bring that one out here um, onto the platform so this comes from uh, a shock on on twitter uh it says hey h1b guy i asked you a question last time not sure if you can answer do you know or can project if the green card dates are going to move to where they were three months ago anytime soon or advance to fewer and fast forwarded dates yeah you know right now i took a very cautious and a very conservative approach, Ashok, to uh, my January 2023 uh, visa bulletin predictions, the forecast. Um, I, I don't. I'm very uncertain right now as to this answer. Do I think that we could see some some advancement based on the retrogression that happened? Uh, do I think it's going to happen in the next three months? That I'm uncertain of. I've heard a lot of people. Um, uh, mentioned that they think uh, November 2011 is what we're going to see uh, for for January for EB2 specifically, but I, I don't know if I see it that way. Um, I, I feel like why would they retrogress all the way back to October? Um, and why, why would they, uh, then why would they turn around and advance the dates 30 days? I think that's the thing for me that um, that, that I just I can't see that happening, but I, I could absolutely be wrong. So, Ashok, to answer your question, if you wanted to get a more of a concrete um, estimate on when I think we could see that movement, I'd say April or May. I think you're going to probably be back to where they were Um uh, um, th three months ago, again, we had a little bit of a retrogression. So, I, again, I think we could see the dates get back into 2012 sometime in April or May. Uh, but for right now, I'm going to be pretty conservative. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> hope I'm absolutely wrong. I hope I fail the, the grade um, on this. But I, I don't see EB2 moving uh, from that, that October, 2011 or October 8th, I think 2011, sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Um, I don't see it moving at least for January. Uh, but I, but I could be wrong on that and I hope I am, but Ashok, thanks for following me on Twitter. Thanks for the connection. Glad I could bring that question out here to the Q and a section for you. Um, 
All right, let's roll through some of these other questions that we have in the chat. If you've got others, throw those in there and try to go through them. I've got about uh, 15 minutes or so that I'd like to take time to answer your questions. Um, just appreciate everyone who's taken time to join me here this afternoon. And, and for those of you who continue to support what I do here on the H1B Guy channel. Uh, another Ashok asks, what's the chances of getting past? Well, uh, if we go back to some of the sites that track legislation like this, um, that are fairly accurate in their predictions, there's a 3% probability, which is single digits, so extremely low. Um, however, when you have 83 co-sponsors and they have influence, you know, what does that mean? Um, does that mean we could see it get a lot closer to where it was um, in that 300 plus yays. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I mean, my guess is as good as yours at this point, Ashok, but I'm not feeling very confident right now. Uh, even though the president spoke out in, on, in behalf, I think the president supporting it um, really helps here. I do. I think that, that those Democrats that are towing the party line um, will come out and, and, and vote what we call a party vote, right? Uh, but the fact that there is dissension in the Democratic Party and, and you have uh, representatives speaking out against it, uh, that isn't a good sign either. Um, that tells me that uh, the debate could be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if it's on C-SPAN or not, if, if anybody's... Uh, has C-SPAN on. If, if they have it on, I'd, I'd be really curious to know. Definitely going to check it out once we finish the stream here today. Hey, Puneeth, when is voting? It will go to Senate and then to the president. I mean, technically, it would go Senate and to the Judiciary Committee is how they would, would work that. Um, and, of course, uh, you have uh, Senator Cornyn and... Um, the other one is, is slipping my mind who were Hickenlooper maybe. Um, but votes today, first votes are between three to 4 PM. So anytime in the next half hour, uh, over the next hour and a half. And then the last votes would be, uh, between six to, uh, seven 15 tonight. So it could be as late as seven 30, eight o'clock tonight. I don't think that'll be the case. Uh, of course, you know, just like you or there's, there's several, uh, folks that will break this on Twitter um, that I'm sure that you're you're already following. So, uh, but thanks, Puneeth, for joining me. Really appreciate your question. Um, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Hey, Abhijit, uh, can I comment anything on EB3 Indian movement next two to three visa bulletins? Is it going to retrogress in 2023 like India EB2? I don't think EB3 is going to retrogress. Um, I've not heard anything about that. Now, I did hear there was a possibility of all chargeability, rest of the world, uh, final action and dates of filing, um, uh, dates being established for EB3. And that could happen in January or February, but I don't believe that India EB3 is going to, to retrogress. Now, you're asking me for movement in the next two to three visa bulletins. What we've seen over the last probably three or four visa bulletins 
has been anywhere between 30 to 45 days of forward movement, some a little bit more. And that has been in almost an every other month, every two to three month cadence. Um, so I could see the dates moving in the next two to three visa bulletins. I don't foresee them moving in January. So that would lead me to February where I would say, hey, February probably becomes the the dates where we see maybe if it's 45 days or so. Um, maybe August 1st of 2012 in February and assuming then maybe March holds, you could be looking at another 45 days in, in April, um, 40 to 45 days, which would put you mid September roughly, uh, by possibly April. Uh, but I don't foresee a lot of, of crazy forward movement in EB3, but I don't expect and anticipate any retrogression either. The other sign that I do want to mention to you is if you say, hey, in the next six to eight months, um, that's where uh, the Department of State is anticipating uh, final action dates to be based on dates of filing. So dates of filing currently showing August 1st. 2012 so that's why i think if if you think it in along those lines then that could be anywhere between now to to roughly may which is a long way away but i i have to think that um we'll probably see dates of filing move with final action in in february i'm not anticipating that in january again i hope i'm wrong on that but thank you for your question abajit hope that helps uh, would like to ask you again, if you haven't already, please make sure to like this video and you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube. Uh, click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel or go live like we have here today on December 7th, 2022. Uh, if you're looking for ways you can support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function um, or through the Super Thanks function if you're watching or listening to this at a later date. Uh, for those of you who do listen on the H1B Guy podcast, I appreciate your continued downloads and listens. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating, would really, really appreciate that support. Hey, Nitten, how are you? Hope you are doing well, my friend. Been a while since we've had a chance to catch up. Um, is it true that the Eagle Act has opposition already? Yes, it is true. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, international opposition or... Uh, domestic it's here what i'm talking about is um literally you have a representative uh yvette clark uh come out and 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 write a a letter dated december 6th to uh the the black caucus right that's a voting block within uh the house of representatives the democratic party there um and basically stated that uh you know ultimately um, the outcome is certain to result in the dearth of immigration opportunities for hopeful migrants outside of, th of these nations, specifically in, in China, who she's referring to, uh, with particular concern for those from African and Caribbean nations. So this isn't the first time she's spoken out against it. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I will tell you that um, uh, her tweet that she put out yesterday has nearly 1200 likes and almost 600 retweets it's not 
crazy, but that's significant. And yes, uh, you've you've had a lot of folks come out and speak out against it, Nitin, because it doesn't necessarily solve the root cause indefinitely. And I think that that nine year plan, that transition is why you've seen opposition here. As I was talking about earlier, the biggest thing that I wanted to remind people of is that there is H-1B reform included in the Eagle Act. And I talked about that way back in June 2021 when I, I talked about the um, you know Equal Access to Green Cards for Legal Employment Act. Uh, and I did a breakdown of it. And I'll link that video in the description below if you want to go back and look at it. I break down all of the, the passages that were uh, uh, initially the pieces of legislation that changes that were associated by reading the text and, and did kind of a general breakdown of it. But I, I feel like the Eagle Act has more opposition now than what we saw with the Fairness for High Skilled Immigrants Act. And I don't know what's changed from a climate perspective to create that. And I don't have any definitive like this is why I'm saying that. It just feels that way to me a little bit. Nitin. Um, and that's disappointing because as Representative Clark alluded to, and this is the the key here, as as she alluded to, you know, she talked about the need for comprehensive immigration reform has been elusive for Congress, despite many bipartisan efforts in the last two decades, two decades since we've had a real CIR, comprehensive immigration reform, and that and, and that it reform, and that is a significant overhaul, uh, both for legal and illegal documented undocumented employment and family uh so it's something that would would look at what we call an eyebrow or an umbrella type piece of reform um and and i'm still hopeful and i'm confident that we could see that type of reform uh, maybe it's 2023 with the changing of the guard that's going to occur in, in january in, in the house um, but good to hear from you, Nitin. Thanks for jumping in on this live stream here today. Really appreciate your support and um, tell your kids I said hello, please. Hey, Vinay, uh, does the Eagle Act have any provisions for F1 students who have masters or higher in the U.S. for a path to, to green cards? Uh, great question. Let me pull that up really quickly. So that is one of the things when we look at this, right, kind of from a, a totality, it it does not necessarily um, identify uh, advanced degrees or PhD, what we call the STEM. That was generally included in another piece of legislation. Um, and that's why you hear the president in his statement of administration policy uh, at the very end come out and say, right, in addition to passing H.R. 3648, the administration urges Congress to pass the U.S. Citizenship Act, which would further reform and improve the immigrant visa system by increasing lawful pathways to the United States by pr providing a path to citizenship to millions of undocumented immigrants and establishing a new system to responsibly manage and secure our border. There are um, 
provisions in the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021 um, that included uh, PhD and STEM-based reform. Um, but unfortunately, we I don't see that language in, included in the Eagle Act, Vinay. But thank you for your question. Um, and this is something that I, I, I mentioned, uh, I think I covered last uh, during the H-1B Guy News um, when there were the, uh, the immigration reform solutions um, from CNBC Steve Leisman. Uh, that was on Squawk Box where he talked about increasing caps for H-1B visas, special carve-outs for healthcare workers, path to citizenship for foreign students with advanced degrees and protections from a visa, uh, visa abuses. And so I said, like, you know, ultimately, um, I agree with path A's to citizenship for advanced U.S. degrees, specifically for STEM-based PhDs, as well as I also agree with strengthening protections for visa abuse. Um but I also agree with special carve-outs for healthcare workers um, in, in terms of those pathways as well. Uh, but really, you know, the amount of international students that we bring here to the U.S. and then we basically give them one to three years to identify someone who will sponsor them, it, to me, is, is, is absolutely crazy. Um, and why wouldn't we provide them with some sort of longer term work authorization that could set them up for success in the future, as well as help alleviate some of the um, labor and talent uh, demand and supply issues that, that we're currently having. Hey, Rajiv, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Uh, any chance of EB2 April 2012 for next year? Yeah, I think you're in an interesting spot. Rajiv, if we think about it, um, let's say we do start to see maybe some sort of forward movement picking back up um, kind of in the back half of, of this fiscal year. Um, I think 2012, April 2012 could could be a date that we see um, in that Q1 of uh, a fiscal year 2024. Uh, I believe that that could be a possibility, you know. Best of luck here would say that that happens at some point in this this fiscal year. Um, but I feel like if, if you're looking for, hey, what's a best case scenario for me? Um, I'd say maybe by the end of, of the, the calendar year for 2023. And if not, maybe that pushes in a little bit because it's going to be interesting to see the uh, those documentarily qualified, those numbers, that demand is so oversubscribed in EB2 that that's what's created this significant retrogression. So it'll be interesting to see how that really sorts to narrow itself um, over over the next, uh, let's say, eight, eight to nine months. Um, and I think we'll have a better idea once we get into that May, June, July timeframe of uh, if there's going to be any forward movement and how close we're going to get. Again, if we go back and we look at where are the dates of filing currently showing, that's May 2012. And so I think for you, as we think, six to eight months from that point, uh, from from right now, six to eight months from right now, puts you in June to August time frame. So you could actually maybe get in if, if something were to move, you could possibly get in by the end of this fiscal year. But I think by the end of at least... 2023 calendar year for you, Rajiv. Great question. Thanks for joining me. 
Hey, Vamsi, how are you? Uh, what are the chances of it passing? I mentioned earlier that some of the websites that track this say it has about a 3% probability, which is single digits, extremely low. Um, I thought it had more momentum and support than it did. Uh, the fact that it's coming up here in the lame duck kind of shows you where it's at and, and where it is on the radar, which is unfortunate. Um, I've been a big proponent of the Eagle Act. I've spoken out on it now for the better part of the last year and a half, and I will continue to do so. We have to address the green card backlog, the 1.4, 1.5 million individuals and growing. Uh, these crazy visa bulletins and all the retrogression that's gone on over the last couple of years from significant rapid forward movement to significant 1,150 days of retrogression currently in EB2 in the last six months for India. So um, that's that's nearly three years. So they moved the dates way forward and then moved them way back. And th that's just a game that they're playing with people's lives that I just can't get behind. Um, I know that the H1B guy forecasts and my visa bulletin predictions are some of the most watched content on this channel. And I really appreciate that. And I love doing that. I do that because I enjoy it. And I do that because I want to try to get out information to you so that you can take my opinions and combine them with all the other folks out there talking about it and maybe come up with your own guess. Um, so that's why I do it. And, and I appreciate all of you who support it. But do I think the Eagle Act has a chance of passing? I hope so. Um, but the sites who are more in the know on this than I am say very low probability. Estroy says, will India EB3 December 2012 be current? Um, well, let's see. If we're talking about 45-day increments every other month, you probably could be looking at um, the end of this fiscal year. Since you really have five and a half months that you have to get to. So I think it's a possibility of at least by the end of this fiscal year so that that would mean maybe by september 1. um but this is going to be interesting to watch the final action for eb3 for sure um i i really hope that we do begin to see some of the creep back um, but when you look at a lot of now with the retrogression and in, in eb2 and those that are considering interfile or downgrading again um it's it's crazy times it's crazy times right now it's been very quiet in in the immigration front and in the h1b world and then boom you've got the president speaking out on the eagle act uh you have uh democratic opposition to the eagle act uh you have the documented dreamers now not included in the ndaa and you have the eagle act that's going to be heard on the house floor probably sometime uh Either if it hasn't already, like I said, I don't have C-SPAN on, but um, we could be seeing a vote sometime in the next, uh, oh, from three to seven possibility of, of voting that would, would take place. Um, I have a couple minutes left, so if you have any questions, let's go ahead and get those in really quickly. Rajiv, no problem. Glad to help you. Uh, glad to provide some guidance for you. Uh, and Vinay, thank you so much. I know you've been a regular here uh, on during the live streams. Uh, really appreciate your continued and, and ongoing support. Um, so next few weeks, just to, to, to kind of make sure all of you know what's uh, going on here in my world, 
Um, we'll put together uh, an H1B guy news for this weekend. We'll talk about the Eagle Act vote and uh, maybe some of the other things that have transpired over the last couple of days. Um, once the Visa Bulletin comes out, I'll be putting together the H1B guy grades. Uh, probably going to be doing a live stream again next week, which would be December 14th. Um, and then as we head in, I'll, after Christmas, probably put together during a live stream, we'll do my seven immigration predictions for 2023. It's crazy. Uh, but we are almost three weeks away from the end of 2022. And I just want to say thank you for everyone who has supported this channel here in 2022. I'm very grateful for your ongoing support, for your kind words and acknowledgement uh, and everything that I helping you make decisions that are best for you and your family, whether that's to come here to the U.S. on an H-1B visa, whether that is um, trying to determine the time frame that you have before you will have a green card, which is for many of you, um, or whether you need to consider other options like potentially relocating to Canada. Um, but I have some really exciting things planned for 2023. Uh, but wanted to give you kind of a rundown of, of what we've got going on for the rest of the year. Um, just wanted to mention one last time, you can support uh, the H1B Guy platform currently through Super Chat function. If you're watching or listening to this at a later date through the Super Thanks. Um, there are also other ways to help produce this platform in the video descriptions below. But ultimately, just please be like, like this video and, and be subscribed to this channel so that you get the latest uh, in terms of the two to three videos that, that I generally put out here on a weekly basis. Um, but wanted to let everyone know that uh, today's live stream was brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada. The ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. They'll gladly help you navigate the process. And if you're interested in finding out more, Please be sure to use the link in the video description below and someone from Sedesis or Path to Canada will be in touch. And also by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm-ads.com help you. And by Mob Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, MobSquad, has a solution. MobSquad helps technology professionals facing U.S. work visa-related uncertainty remain working with our current U.S. company near shore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America. Through their partnership with the Canadian government, they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as eight weeks. So whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, please find out how the team at Mob Squad can help you via the link in the video description below. Join the squad. Well, thanks for everyone who joined me this afternoon. Had a really good turnout. A lot of good questions and comments. Um, always love interacting with all of you. Of course, if you aren't already, follow me on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the H1B Guy uh, channel on Telegram, um, the H1BGuy.com, as I've mentioned many times, there is a library of content that goes all the way back to June of 2020. Um, connect with me on Facebook. And ultimately, 
you know, just wanted to thank you for those of you who've made it this far uh, for joining my live stream, or if you're watching or listening to this at a later date for uh, checking out my video. I just really appreciate your support. Uh, I'm very grateful for all the people that I've met um, over this year and for all the new folks that I've had an opportunity to interact with. Uh, so just very grateful for each and every one of you and, and your ongoing and continued support to what we do here on the H1B Guy channel and on the H1BGuy.com. I'm Robert. I'm the H1B Guy, your global source for all things H1B.